Hi, you're listening to Notes from a Drama Watcher, a podcast about East Asian dramas. It's part recap, part review, and there will definitely be spoilers ahead. Let's go. Hi, welcome to episode 10 of Notes from a Drama Watcher. This is your host, M. In this episode, we're going to be talking about Close Friend episodes 4 and 5, Imperial Coroner episodes 1 through 5, and Guardians episodes 6 through 10. So let's start off with Close Friend. Close Friend episode 4 is called Willing or Not. The episode opens with Minnie, who is just beginning a martial arts match, judo match, and then it flashes back to one month prior on Freshie Day for freshmen, when he's about to go home but gets sidetracked by a member of one of the athletic clubs. Minnie does not feel he is good at sports. So he is not at all interested in joining any club. However, he has to join a sports club. And he's pointed in the direction of the judo club, which currently only has one member whose name is Titan. There are several minutes after this of a montage of Minnie struggling through workouts and practices and Titan being a taskmaster. Minnie wants to quit. And Titan finally agrees he can leave the club if he manages to throw Titan during one of their practices. The episode's just over 16 minutes long. Some of the scenes look like comic panels when they transition from one scene to another, which is pretty cute. And we do get a sense of time passing because we see Minnie's progress through the training montage. So that was done really well. We see when they start out, he can barely run. And then later on, he's able to run for further distances. He can't really throw Titan, but he's falling a little better, let's say. And so through this, we get to see really a complete story, beginning, middle, end them meeting, them training together, and, you know, as their feelings for each other change. I know it seems so far in this series, Close Friend, that every episode, of course, has the different actors, different couples, but it seems to be actors that have worked together before in other series or couples in other series. I don't recognize these two actors, so I don't know what else they've been in, but honestly, I didn't really see much chemistry between the actors, though the story itself was okay. Um, episode five is called Just One Life. We open with Peem, who's played by Yoon. He's standing on a bridge and he's yelling out into the void over the water because he's upset that he's just been broken up with. And he feels like he's been broken up with his entire life. I think he said starting from kindergarten, going through elementary, high school, he's always the one being broken up with. And Ping, played by Lei, he's also standing on the bridge. He's a little further away. He's listening to all this yelling from Peem and he finally approaches him telling him that what they need to do is change his bad luck because he, he must have this all this bad luck due to karma. So Ping decides to take him to a holy place. To, he tells him to help him break the streak of breakups that he's had. It's obvious that Ping has feelings for Yoom who just doesn't, I'm sorry, not for Yoom, for Peem, <laughs> the character, who just doesn't see it. He even gives Peem a shirt to wear, which I thought this was cute when I, I didn't notice it when it happens, but then I noticed later on. He'd given Peem a shirt to wear that had a smiling sun in it. And he himself, Ping, was wearing a shirt that says, I love sunshine. So that was cute. In case you needed any more hints to know that he had feelings for him. If you've seen Why Why Why, you've seen these actors as a couple before. It's a little similar to that series and many other Thai comedy romances in that it's got all those sound effects going on. And it also has graphic callouts as well. I think they went a little overboard with the sound effects, but I mean, other people may not mind. I actually, I've seen a good portion of YYY 
it's not my type of humor, but if you liked that, you would probably like this episode, Just One Life, because it's it's that type of humor as well. Even though it's got these comedic overtones, it is more serious than willing or not, because Pim is actually really hurting inside and he's feeling alone. And Ping is struggling with trying to help his friend, but also dealing with the fact that he loves Peem. Knowing that he's everything actually that Peem is wishing for, if only Peem would recognize it. My one teeny tiny issue with this episode, actually, it's and it's just a personal taste here, I don't think other people would notice, is that there was background music playing constantly throughout the episode. And it was honestly a little distracting, but that... That would be, I say, the only issue. This is my favorite episode, I think, so far of the ones I've seen. Although, honestly, I am a little biased because Leia was in it, and that's who I was waiting for anyway. So, it's a cute couple. Not as much chemistry, I think, as Ram and King. I'm still waiting for the next season of My Engineer so I can see my Ram and King couple again. But, like I said, pretty pretty good. A little bit of angst, a little bit of comedy in it, and... uh just my favorite out of out of all the ones I've seen of this particular series. So that, that was Close Friend. You can watch it on View. So if, if you're in the U.S., you're going to need a VPN in, in order to be able to see the episodes. Next up, we've got Imperial Coroner, episodes one through five. So Imperial Coroner is on Tencent. So WeTV and on the Tencent channel on YouTube. And it is about Prince Jinyu is one of the main characters. He's given the authority to solve crimes. And every year there's a test to choose a coroner to work in the three judicial office that he's in charge of. The test is supposedly open to anyone without restriction. The episode opens with our main character, Chu Chu, who's traveled here from a small village for the test. While she's new in town, she witnesses someone trying to run a scam basically and intervenes. And this draws the attention of Jing Yi, who is watching the whole thing. Jingyi is the vice minister of the Court of Judicial Review. He's also Prince Jinyu's childhood friend and trusted confidant. So he has the prince's ear when he recommends Chuchu for the, the testing for the coroner position. She's intelligent and perceptive, but at the same time, she's a pretty naive person because she's coming from a small town and is obviously not wise to the ways of court politics and intrigue. And though Prince Jinyu is the head of the three judicial office, he does have to contend with all of that political intrigue and people questioning his motives and authority at every turn. One of those people is the head eunuch of the court who is, you know, on the sidelines trying to do his own dealings. We're not quite sure what his overall goal is at this point, but he's working things in the sideline behind the the king's back. Chuchu does catch Prince Junyu's eye with her powers of observation and analysis. And it also catches his attention that she's in possession of a pendant that, as far as he knows, his father had the only one in existence. And his father had been reported dead years ago. Actually, Prince Junyu was, his, his mother was pregnant with him when his father was reported dead. So how in the world does Chuchu have possession of this pendant? She doesn't want to or can't answer the question of how she's in possession of it, of this amulet, and this makes him suspicious of her and also intrigued, though he doesn't tell her why he wants to know about the amulet. As part of her test to become a coroner, she's asked to consult on a case, and in fact, the next few episodes, she is called on to consult on several times, even though she's not officially named coroner. It's actually... Even though we're talking about coroners and cases and all that, 
It is so far a relatively lighthearted drama. Chuchu's naivete means she doesn't recognize the prince and at one point and she thinks he's the body dummy that's there for her test and the prince doesn't correct her leading to some awkward and funny moments. It's especially funny for Jingyi who's they're witnessing the prince pretending and suffering some small indignities, you know, because she's touching him. And of course, he's a prince. He's not used to just anyone touching him. And at one point tells him to take his clothes off. And Jingyi is just there kind of like snickering. Jingyi and the prince appear to be true friends. And the prince trusts his judgments and even engages in banter with him throughout the following episodes, which is nice to see because we're used to seeing the prince usually as this cold person until he meets the love interest and then he becomes, you know, kind, whatever. He's already kind from the beginning. He does hold himself with dignity, the dignity of his position, but it's obvious he is a kind person from the way he's, he treats Chu Chu and Jing Yi. So, so far it's, as I said, they're solving crimes, right? So it's a crime procedural basically set in ancient China. They don't show much gore, which I actually appreciate. Instead, they use diagrams and reenactments of the crime. Actually, Chuchu's method of reenacting the crimes is also a bit unorthodox, and it leads to some amusing moments between her and the prince, because of course, to reenact this, they have to touch each other, and she's like falling in his arms or whatever. And this is all with Jin Yi just smirking on the sidelines. I feel like this is off to a strong start, it's something I just happened upon because it was like in my recommendations on YouTube and I'm so glad I took a look at it. So far, I like all of the characters, the main characters. They're all smart. I've mentioned before that I have a problem with the way female characters are sometimes portrayed in C-dramas. So far, I'm not seeing that here. She's naive, like I said. She's naive because she's just from a small town and she's in the big city, quote unquote. But that's the extent of it. Other than that, she's very smart. She's very analytical. And so is Prince Jinyu. And so is Jinyi. Jinyi, not as much as them. I was about to say he's the muscle, but he's not even the muscle because that's not all he is. Yes, he does have, he's sort of security in a way, but he's also got his own intelligence, his own way, own way of figuring out the cases. And that's what I like about him. Everyone here, so far, everyone here is smart. They discuss the cases. They respect each other. They respect each other's opinions. I mean, I'm just, I'm just really, really enjoying what I'm seeing so far. I'm past episode five, but I'm enjoying what I'm seeing so far in the episodes I have seen. I hope this show continues in this vein and that she continues with her analytical and smart ways. And I hope he stays kind. I know there's going to be more to the story. They're going to try to figure out what is the connection between Prince Jinyu's father and Chu Chu. How did they meet? Why does she have the pendant? That's something they're going to have to figure out later as part of a bigger story. But as I said, we have the head eunuch plotting on the sidelines. I'm not sure what he's trying to get. I don't know if he's trying to overthrow the government or what it is exactly that he wants, but he's there in every episode plotting on the sidelines. So he's obviously going to be a big factor in the future of this story. I believe it's a 36 episode story and I'm just looking forward to the rest of it. I'm, I'm very happy that I happened upon this, this show. I didn't actually hear anything about it before I started it. This seems to be a trend. Same thing with Second Chance, the series. I just happened upon it and wound up really enjoying it. That doesn't always work out. But in these cases, in this case between these two shows, it is working out. So I have seen up until about episode 10. I'm not going to review or recap here, but 
I will just say so far I am not disappointed. One kind of strange downside that I have noticed, it's not a big deal, but there's a problem with the dubbing in terms of syncing between the dubbing and their lips moving. I mean, really noticeably, and it's happened in several episodes. I'm hoping that as the series goes along, it's something that's corrected later on. All right, next up, we're going to talk about Guardian episodes 6 through 10. Episode 6 brings us to another case that the Special Investigation Unit is investigating. It, this, act, this particular case actually started sort of at the end of episode 5 and just continues here. It is a person, a woman who is missing from, well, they don't know where she's missing from, just that her fiancé reports her missing after she had been acting strangely, looking into mirrors and screaming and kind of saying like her face is not her face. And so they're investigating the case. And with the groom, Go is with him and old Chu and Go's still acting like he's like a little puppy dog, really literally like a little puppy dog. He's so cute. He's really wanting to help people and make people feel better. And old Chu is like this very stoic, serious person. And these are total complete opposites. But they, Joe, Chief Joe has kind of assigned them to be partners to each other, really for old Chu to, men, to mentor Go in a way. And just through their interactions, you get to see old Chu having these memories of his little brother. And his little brother seemed very similar to Go. And that's why, that's where some of his attitude comes from with him. That he just reminds him too much of his little brother. So after spending some time with the groom, the fiancé returns. But they can tell that there's something strange going on. The groom also realizes something strange is happening. In the meantime, we see Shen Wei at the university. He is speaking to a demi-human who is part of the flower clan. So basically, it's one of the flowers and bushes that are in front of the university that is in reality a demi-human. And he tells her that he's looking for someone and asks for her help. But before he gets to elaborate further, Chief Shell shows up and Chief Shell is asking for his, his help. He wants to consult with him. And this is actually the first time this is what Shen Wei is saying like this is the first time you're coming to me and not coming to me as as a suspect but of course Chief Xiao really still still really is suspicious of him so even though he's kind of working together with him still he is still kind of investigating him on the side and sends a message to Prince Regent we haven't seen this person but asking telling them that there's someone named Professor Shen, Chen Wei who knows about people from Di Xing, which I guess are the undergrounders, and asking if he can find out more information about this person. Because he's also suspecting that he, Professor Shen Wei, may also be from there as well. He even has gone so far as to look around Shen Wei's house or his apartment when he's not there, and also sends a banner as a gift to Shen Wei and his university office. It's kind of like a Trojan horse though, because in the banner there is a camera and this gives him the opportunity to spy on everything in the office. Of course, Shen Wei, being Black Cloak, knows all this is going on. He goes into his apartment, knows that someone has been in there. Actually, they were still in there. They had to duck out um, to the balcony so they wouldn't see him. And he realizes something strange about this banner because it's kind of an odd gift to receive. But he wants to keep an eye on him while they're waiting for the response from the regent about who Shen Wei really is. Yet more world building in this episode. And you get to see, just like in a previous episode, episode 5, 
the quote-unquote bad guy of the episode is another undergrounder or someone from dishing but you see that sometimes people do things for not necessarily a bad reason or something bad has happened to make that person become this way and also it's like who is the bad one is it the dishings or the undergrounders or is it the humans who are the bad ones you know it makes you question things um more strangeness with the cgi here in this episode they wind up going through a mirror and going into a mirror dimension basically and there are all these things like flying through the air and it just looks very fake and unreal like the cgi does not look good i think i saw a vegetable flying by but it didn't really look like a vegetable It was clearly computerized so again i don't know if this is because this is an older series it's three years ago or if it was also not good at the time I'm i'm not sure also again the chemistry between the two leads here is this is i can see why even though this is listed as a bromance it really would have been a BL or would be considered BL by many people. The chemistry is just amazing. The way they look at each other is also just amazing. And there's always this kind of just underlying tension in the scenes when they're together, when these two actors are together. I think I actually read somewhere that I think it's Shen Wei. It was not the actor who plays Shen Wei, I think was not the original actor for the role. So it just kind of reminds me for word of honor Sometimes it's a happy, it's a happy accident, happy thing when actors have to switch roles and you wind up getting someone else in there who just winds up having such good chemistry with their partner, their acting partner. Episode seven starts off with Shen Wei about to be mugged in an alleyway. And I don't know why the muggers didn't notice that this is like the calmest crime victim they've probably ever had. That should be a warning for them. But just as they're about to take something, they shouldn't. And he's about to, because he's giving them all his stuff. He's like, doesn't care. He's not trying to start a fight. But they go to take something else from him that he doesn't want them to have. And he's prepared to defend himself. And who should show up? But Chief Zhao. Because of that, yet again, this is like the third time I think that Shen Wei has been hurt. Because whenever Chief Zhao shows up, that means Shen Wei has to not use his powers and pretend to be human. So anyway, Chief Zhao defends him from the muggers and they go home so that Shen Wei can tend to Chief Zhao's wound. He hasn't been cut or something, but he's got a bruise. And that's when Chief Zhao's like, oh, I live right across from you. Shen Wei has to pretend to be surprised. In the meantime, gets an ointment to apply to the bruise. And I kind of snickered during this part because he rubs his hand and, you know, kind of massages a little bit and then applies the ointment to Chief Zhao's arm. And Chief Zhao's like, I didn't expect you to have such skillful hands, which I admit I snickered and I looked in the comments. I wasn't the only one snickering at that. And that's actually after he had said, Chief Zhao had had said to Shen Wei, oh, you didn't invite us. You moved in across the hall and you didn't, it was bad of you. You didn't invite your neighbors to have fun. And Shen Wei's kind of like gobsmacked when he says it. And this is not the first time he, Chief Zhao frequently catches Shen Wei off guard. Which makes me curious for the future episode. I'm guessing, again, that Chief Zhao somehow time travels or something. Unless he's a reincarnated person. He may be reincarnated. But if it's time travel that he's done, or he's gone back in time, which I think is what it is, since he's sucking on that lollipop when they met in the past, I wonder if his personality was the same back then. Because if it was, 
why is Shen Wei so surprised at the things that come out of Chief Xiao's mouth? You would think he would kind of know to expect the unexpected by now. While they are there, Chief Zhao attempts to persuade Shen Wei to join the Special Investigation Unit as a cons consul consultant, which Shen Wei refuses. I can kind of understand this because he doesn't want to be beholden to the department, right? Because he's still a full-time university professor, but also at the same time as Black Robe Envoy, he's still doing his own investigations on the side, right? He appears to be investigating some kind of conspiracy or something. Remember in the previous episode I mentioned here where previously he had tried to find out information about a group he had sent out that had gone missing. So he's doing his own investigations. Also, he wants to get close to Chief Xiao, but maybe not too close. I don't know. He in many ways still seems kind of wary that they have met up at this time and doesn't quite know what to make of it. So even though Shen Wei does not agree to come on officially as a consultant to the department, you know, he tells Chief Zhao, whenever you need help, I can help you. I live right across the hall from you, obviously. If you have any questions, I can help you with that. Just not as an, in an official capacity. Dollar Store Baddie makes a reappearance in this episode. We see him more than midway through the episode, kind of skulking around outside of a crime scene that Special Investigation Unit is investigating. And then at the end, we see him trying to enter their headquarters, but he is stopped by a shield. And it looks like he's trying to get to the longevity dial. So for episode eight, it sees Chief Zhao Yinlan continues his efforts to, to try to get Shen Wei to join the Special Investigation Unit. He tries to entice him into joining, but of course it backfires on him in a cute way. That causes him some embarrassment. He knows that Shen Wei is very interested in old books and he buys some old books as a way to try to entice Shen Wei saying that they're old family heirlooms. But as it turns out, those are books that actually Shen Wei had owned at one point. So he knew, of course, they were not an old family heirloom. Things are very cat and mouse between them. Um, if you can call such a powerful being as Black Cloak Envoy a mouse, <laughs> Chief Xiao is trying his darndest to get Shen Wei to join the team, and Shen Wei is playing hard to get. Playing is not really the word. I don't think he's trying to be coy. He's just kind of wary of tying himself to Chief Xiao even more closely than fate appears to be doing. There are a couple of bromance storylines going on in this episode. Guo and Old Chu, who seem to be total opposites, are basically assigned to each other with, with Old Chu's mentor. Old Chu's pretty grumpy. But it's clear he cares for Go since he seems to remind him of his younger brother. And of course, we've got Chief Zhao and Shen Wei. Shen Wei finds Chief Gao, I'm sorry, Chief Zhao on the side of the road um, suffering from gastritis. And he takes him home by taxi at one point in the episode. And in the taxi, Chief Zhao falls asleep and winds up leaning on Shen Wei's shoulder, who is at first surprised, but he gives in making sure Chief Zhao is comfortable. Once they get to Chief Zhao's house or his apartment, he puts him to bed and proceeds to take care of him, even staying through the night to make sure he is okay. He's cleaning his house because he, he looks at it and thinks it's a pigsty. And it's lucky that he stayed because remember previously, Chief Zhao had sent a message to someone called the Regent asking about Shen Wei's identity. Well, the answer arrives while Shen Wei is there in Chief Xiao's house, and he's able to intercept it while Chief Xiao is sleeping. So Chief Xiao will still not know his identity 
at least not, not anytime soon. In episode nine, Wang Zhang, who works at the special investigation unit, is an amnesiac spiritual entity that begins having flashbacks of her life. She was found by Chief Xiao um, in the Northern Territory, I think it was. And when she starts remembering, she wants to return there. The chief agrees. They plan a trip there. And at the same time, Shen Wei is planning a trip of some students to the same area. So they're planning separately. As a matter of fact, if I recall, Shen Wei is actually trying to warn Chief Xiao away from going to that area, or at least telling him that he should stay in the city, stay nearby. But of course, Chief Xiao is going to do what Chief Xiao is going to do. He's going to do his own thing. On the way up there, Chief Xiao happens upon Shen Wei and the students he was with whose uh, truck has broken down. This is the perfect opportunity to insert himself into their journey since he's nosy about all things Shen Wei and wants to know what Shen Wei is doing. While in the truck, Chief Xiao takes the chance to cuddle up to Shen Wei by saying he's got a cold and he proceeds to lean on Shen Wei um, just leaning on him to fall asleep, even puts a pillow on his shoulder <laughs> so, to help him fall asleep. And Shen Wei is like all startled and everything and somewhat annoyed. Uh, annoyed, it's too strong of a word, annoyed is too strong of a word, but just startled that his personal space has been <laughs> he just encroached upon by Chief Xiao. You know, he's kind of fidgeting or whatever, but still at the same time, he's there adjusting the pillow so that Chief Xiao will be more comfortable, even though he's at putting on this kind of like annoyed face. Just another little way to show that he cares about Chief Zhao, dressing his wounds in the previous episode and now willing to be a human pillow for, for Chief Zhao. It's actually funny because at the same time that he's kind of like, Chief Zhao is kind of goading him and just messing with Shen Wei, he's also very protective of him because there's one point where they get out of, it becomes very foggy and they... And Shen Wei gets out of the car just to kind of look around. Not even 10 seconds later, his chief Xiao coming behind him. And he's, you know, saying he must be cold, whatever. And he's putting his jacket on him. Even though just five minutes earlier, he'd been saying about himself that he was catching a cold. And it's, Shen Wei's like, it's colder up in the, telling him it's colder up in the mountains. You should take medicine. And here now he is a few minutes later, chief Xiao giving his jacket to Shen Wei. Because he doesn't want Shen Wei to be cold. Of course, not knowing that I don't think Shen Wei probably even feels the cold with the power that he has. Or if he does, not to the, the degree probably that a human does. Later on, they all travel to an inn together to stay over the special investigation unit and Professor Shen Wei and his students. And this place looks very creepy. It's dark and creepy looking. And the first thing that happens is Go trips over a skull that just is randomly in the front yard. I mean, to me, I would leave. <laughs> But, but of course, these are all people who are interested in mysteries, so they're going to investigate what's going on. In episode 10, we see Dollar Store Batty, or he has a more prominent role in this episode. Wang Zhen, the spiritual entity who is working for the Special Investigation Unit, has gone off on her own to find an old, her old lover, her old mate, I guess, and the rest of the Special Investigation Unit splits up to find out what's going on because there are earthquakes going on. They're, they know that there's something with the dishing people that must be going on to be causing these earthquakes. So they've split up. While Chief Xiao is looking for her, he leaves Shen Wei behind because he's the professor. He wants him to be safe. And also I think he's still a little suspicious of him. But Shen Wei is able to follow as Black Robe Envoy, Black Cloak Envoy, to help him to rescue the girl. And for the first time, though, we see that there are some limitations to his power. He gets a little weak fighting 
still stronger than a human, but we can see that there are limits. But of course, he's pushing his limits because Chief, he wants to make sure that Chief Zhao is safe. So that's it for episode 10. We've gotten to see a little more progress in the relationship between Shen Wei and Chief Zhao. Chief Zhao's still not fully trusting Shen Wei, but he's starting to trust him a little more. Shen Wei, I think, still doesn't know quite what to think of Chief Zhao. And of course, he's keeping the secret that he is the Black Cloak Envoy. I'll be interested to see what's going to happen when he finally reveals his true identity to Chief Zhao. How will Chief Zhao react? Okay, in our next episode, episode 11, we'll be looking at episodes 11 through 15 of Guardian, Imperial Coroner, episodes 6 through 10. And I'm hoping to start watching Beloved in the House. Um, I'm not sure where it's going to be viewable, if it's going to be on View or on WeTV, but I do hope to start reviewing it. I'm not quite sure if I'm going to take a look at Nitty Man yet. I may hold off on watching that just yet. I've just become so invested in, in Imperial Coroner that it's I'm not going to have as much time to watch other things. Although I'm not complaining because I'm really loving Imperial Coroner. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode and stay safe, everyone.